Thank you. Um, kia ora. Kia ora e hoa Kia ora whānau. Ko su toko ingoa. Um, hello my friends, hello my family who I haven't met some of you yet and I can see some new faces and I welcome you here as family. Over the last few weeks, Matt and Jacinda have been doing a series on the Kingdom of God and the core values that we hold in that Kingdom. So I think Jacinda has looked at the fact that we all get to play. We are participants in the life that the Father gives us. Um, Matt talked about the idea that we relish the presence of the Holy Spirit and we say, come Holy Spirit. Um, and we've talked about some of the tensions that exist within that kingdom and how sitting within that kingdom can actually be quite a hard place because of the balancing act that we carry. And I'm going to continue our kingdom talk and I'm going to be looking at the idea of growing into maturity in the kingdom. Um, I think I've titled this talk, Come As You Are, But Don't Stay As You Are. Or my subtitle is, I Want to Grow Up Before I Grow Old. So um, let me just introduce myself first, hey? Um, I am not Matt or Jacinda or Kieran. There are pastors in the church. Um, they're away at a royal wedding at the moment. <laughs> they're at a conference in Melbourne and they get back tonight. Now Matt has um, implicitly told me that I'm not allowed to say we can have fun without him. Um, but I know that in my role this year as a substitute teacher, and I go back to school to earn some pocket money sometimes, whenever I walk into the classroom and I'm the substitute, people go, yes. They're like, woohoo, we've got a substitute for the day. Let's have fun. So um, let's have fun, shall we? <laughs> um, Craig and I have been part of Vineyard for um, about nearly 24 years now, since we came back from overseas. We went to a church called North City Vineyard on the very first day that it became Vineyard within the Vineyard Church, New Zealand. And um, our son Liam, I think, was the first baby that was dedicated into the Vineyard Church, New Zealand. So he's quite special. Um, we have been around since the beginning of this church too. So it's been amazing to see how we have grown as a church um, in the four years that we've been together, or the five years we've been together, from just like three families meeting together to all of us, and look at you guys, you're my family now, which is really cool. Um, so to get to know me a little bit better, let's play a game, okay? So this is a game that we play in schools, and it's called Two Truths and a Lie. I will tell you, I've already told you one lie about Matt and Jacinda, far out. Um, I will tell you two truths and one lie. See if you can guess which is which. First one, I love to grow things. I love to pot it in my garden and be amongst the plants. Number two. I really enjoy watching disaster movies and war films. And number three, I'm quite good at maths. Yeah, that one might be obvious. <laughs> What's the lie, Jonathan? No, I love disaster films. Seriously. Uh, the worse the disaster, the more I love to watch it. <laughs> I'm terrible. No, the lie is I cannot grow anything. I, I, like. The only reason my children are still alive today is the fact that they cried, so I knew when to feed them. And I just, I cannot grow a plant. In fact, I think I have killed plastic plants in my garden. So I am the mum of two sons, um, Hamish and Liam. They're pretty gorgeous. I think a photo of them might come up here. Um, we're going to show you a photo in a second of Hamish and Liam. Um, on my last birthday, Hamish and or oh, Hamish gave me, but I think Liam paid for, the photos that they recreated from their childhood. So they've got three there. Aren't they gorgeous? That's Hamish. 
Liam, you might, you might recognise him, Hamish doesn't come to the church here, and here they are together. I think in that photo, in the first one when they were little, family folklore says that Hamish was whispering into Liam's ear, I've just farted. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Did he do it again in the second photo? <laughs> Do you know, it's actually quite easy to see how Hamish and Liam have grown over the years, hey? Like, they're a lot bigger and hairier than they used to be. In our family, we kept one of those um, pieces of wood by a door frame that we would mark their heights on over the years. And it was really, it was fun every birthday to, like, get another scratching and go, here's Liam, here's Hamish. And when people came into their house, they'd mark their growth as well on our door frame. So we've got, we had lots of friends' names on there. We even had the cats' names on the door frame. Um, we had friends that were really significant about how they marked the maturity of their children. And so while they were still adolescents, they set them some challenges and said, when you complete these challenges, we get to celebrate that you're an adult. And so the challenges um, for this family were things like uh, they had to budget and plan and cook a three-course meal. They had to plan a family tramp, which was like three days long. And they had to memorize a book of the Bible. They were just some of the challenges that they completed. But on completing those challenges, the birthday, the 18th birthday was a real celebration in this family because they would really celebrate the milestones that they had achieved in growing up into being an adult. Um, I don't think we were ever quite so deliberate as parents. I think the only sign of being an adult in our house was being able to start the lawnmower. Here are some things that adults should probably never do. Let's see if you are guilty of any of these. Exposing your underwear. Chewing gum with your mouth open. There was somebody at the royal wedding who stood there, I think it was Jess Stone, chewing gum the whole time. Did anybody notice that woman? Oh, it looked dreadful. Yeah. Wearing your baseball back, cap back to front, dressing like your children. I don't know if any of you are guilty of these. Do you know, it's often quite easy to see that somebody has reached adulthood. We can tell by their size, Often their maturity is a dead giveaway at times. But I wonder in the church whether it is as easy to see signs of maturity um, that we can see so easily in the physical growth, hey? Um, can, and can we see signs of spiritual maturity? And what will it look like when you have grown up before you get old? Let me read Ephesians 4 to you. This is um, a scripture that Jacinda talked about a couple of weeks ago, but I want to dig into further. So let me read it over you. Ephesians 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then, and then we'll no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by the wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their de deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. I'll highlight key words, I'll say them again. To equip his people for works of service. Um, so that we all reach unity 
in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole, the full measure of Christ. You know, sometimes we think, wouldn't it be easier in the church if Matt and Jacinda and Kiran do all the work? They can do that. Wouldn't it be nice if we just turn up each week and they can deliver to us perhaps a nice sermon, Kiran might make it a bit funny and Jacinda will teach something punchy and, and Matt will just get all lovely and emotional and tell you how much he loves you. Um, surely if we just pass some Christian memes on Facebook and perhaps attend a conference, then we will grow as a Christian. What do we even, and why, why would we even need to mature and grow up? Because didn't Jacinda say to us that we all get to play? Um, and surely we just come as we are and we can just play in the playground? Many of you are familiar with um, a diagram that's up there. Uh, I, I've adapted a little. This is called Maslow's uh, model of motivational, uh, Maslow's motivational model. And some of you have seen this model before, and it's like the things that we need in life to reach this pinnacle. And this model assumes that at the peak of our growth, we will reach this incredible transcendent state, that we will become self-actualized. And I wonder in the church too, if there's this thinking that as I grow up as a Christian, I'm going to reach a nice transcendent state at the pinnacle of my growth and I am going to be uh, like the spiritual giant and I am going to glow with the radiance of Christ because I am going to be transcendent on my personal journey of self-fulfillment as I grow. Now you can see me taking some mockery of this, hey? Um, and I... I do want to propose to you today that I ache for you to grow. I yearn for you to grow. We've been sitting as a pastoral leadership team praying and trying to hear God on the next steps that we need to take as a church because we're only five years old and we're just coming out of the playground, hey? Um, and like a kid transitioning from kindy to school, I think that's where we are in our growth as a church. So I ache. I ache for us all to grow up and to be equipped. But I don't think I ache for you to become transcendent and self-actualized. You know, and I mean, perhaps I ache for you to glow with the radiance of, of God. But here's what I know. That Jesus came that, so that we all get invited into the life of the Trinity. He came so that we get invited back into the work that God is doing with the Father, uh, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this work I know, this continual renewal of all things back into his embrace, of the releasing people from their blindness, of setting people free, of pouring life over people, of releasing them into wholeness and breaking the bonds that tie them down. This is what we get to participate in together. So this was never about you anyway, this is about you joining into the work of the Father. Does this, does this make sense? Um, so this is what the kingdom is. It's not a place where we are holier or better or more self-actualized than another person. The kingdom is about a place where we are already participating in community. Um, and Ephesians 4 says, um, 
so that we all reach maturity, that we all become equipped for works of service, so that we all may be built up, so that we may all reach unity in the knowledge of the Son and God and all become mature, attaining to the full measure of Christ. I think this is something about all of us together and how we're going to work together to get to this place. John Wimber, who's founder of the Vineyard Church, says, God has given us a vision to see the body of Christ move from being an inactive audience to a spirit-filled army. This isn't about a one-man show. This is about the equipping of the saints for the work of the kingdom. This is about the equipping of all of us so that we all may grow and we can all move out of the playground. 1 Peter 2, 9-10 says, But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made from, for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. And that's the message version. I, I've, I read tons of versions back to back and then I, I go, hey, where does this really count for me? What are the words that spoke to me? And I love this idea that we get to tell others of the night and day difference. So what is maturity going to look like? Let me read another scripture over you. It's Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39. And this is Jesus talking. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. You see, I think Jesus modeled to us what maturity looks like because when he demonstrated his discipleship and his obedience to the Father, he was ministering in compassion, in power, in healing. He was bound to his Father, and he was always doing his Father's will. He only did what his Father wanted him to do. Um, John Wimber, who's the founder of the Vineyard Church, we've said, wrote this book. This is an oldie, but it's a goodie, and I reread it over the last month. Um, everyone gets to play. He suggests that the measures of being grown up look like this. First and foremost, that you are in a deep personal relationship with God, in loving Him, in knowing Him. And then you are showing His love to others in words and work. Well, isn't that just, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, and then love others? Love this verse. Now, we can, John Wimber suggests that you can measure are growing up in the following three ways. First, a life poured out in service. You see, when we are growing up and when we become mature, we are willing to do things. And we know that we have been asked to lay down our lives, our jobs, our careers, our family, our money, our houses, our time, in acts of service towards the one that we love. Number two, growing up will look like this. The church will be at the center of your life. You'll love the church because God is in love with the church. He calls it the bridegroom of Jesus. Not the bride. <laughs> I don't know my weddings. And the third measure here is that your thought life is centered and focused towards Christ himself. In the original Greek, the, disciple, the word for discipleship and becoming a disciple is this. It's, um, see if I can say this right. Mathetes. 
And it means we are to become learners and pupils. Um, a disciple is one who is given the unconditional sacrifice of their whole life to be bound to Jesus and to do God's will. Maybe growing up is binding yourself to Jesus and doing his will. Maybe growing up is acts of service. Maybe growing up is putting down roots into the church. A couple of weeks ago, Jacinda talked about this idea that the church is God's plan A. There is no other plan that God has to release his kingdom on earth. This is how he does it, through us. Church is not this building, and church is not this Sunday, and church is not Matt and Jacinda and Kiran who aren't even here. Church is us. Church is each one of us who is asking to come out of the playground and become equipped for works of service so that we can all grow because he wants this church to grow so that we bear more fruit, so that more people get to understand how good, how deeply good the Father is because he so yearns to be in relationship with all. And I would argue this, that the only way to bring about our depth and our growth as a church and the only way for us to move forward is for us all to put down roots, to make commitments, to take on responsibility and to become accountable. See, I don't think you grow by merely attending church. You might have occasional highlights. You might get tickled at a conference by the Holy Spirit. But I don't think that you will reach unity and faith in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the fullness of Christ. Mm -mm. Not without roots. <laughs> I felt like a black. I feel like a black speaker. I should have, should have gone. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, uh. You won't. <laughs> Here's the key to growing up in maturity, as I found it, is to say yes more often. To learn to commit. To learn to take responsibility. Um, there's a saying by John Doan, and it says, no man is an island. Um, the key behind this saying is that we don't do very well in isolation. We need to be part of something for us to grow. Well, I used to always argue that. I used to go, yeah, I'm an island. <laughs> I'm an introvert by nature. If you don't know me, I, I like to withdraw from people. So I used to say, I'm an island, but I'm a party island. I'm Ibiza. <laughs> I just, I just go out and have a party every so often. In fact, I'll invite you all to my party and then I'll just let you go again. My natural state is to be alone. But I'm learning that my growth has only come when I said yes to people, yes to community, yes to loving others, yes to being accountable to others, yes to love, yes to sacrifice, yes to sacrificing my time my money, my career, my family, my all into his presence. So over the years, as I have, cri as I have cried this out, and, I, and this has been a very real prayer in my life, Lord, grow in me the things that you need to grow in me to serve you more, I have found that the Holy Spirit has been developing my gifts, slowly, over time. He's been developing my spiritual strength. He's been developing my maturity. In Ephesians 4, it says, So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people. So how are we going to grow? Well, we're going to need evangelists, pastors, prophets, teachers, pastors. Have I got all of that? 
when I hear these words initially, part of me is just like, <laughs> nah, <laughs> I, I don't want to be a pastor. Far out, I'm not going to be an evangelist or an apostle. I'll leave those to Matt and Jacinda and Kira, and they can take those jobs, hey? I don't want, I don't want a label. This, this, this is my lone wolf thing. I don't want a label. <laughs> I'm going to stand on my own. <laughs> well, here's what I pray. That you don't dismiss these titles, that the Holy Spirit comes and blows gently now with a whisper. And that you see that these titles are not titles, they're not nouns. It's for the English teacher, Elizabeth, uh, Christine, sorry. Uh, these are verbs, these are doing words, these are what we get to do as the church. This is how we get to play. Um, these are ministries that are going to be given to us for the equipping of the church. And the point of gifts is that we get to pass them on. They don't become a gift until we give them away. So let me explain these roles as I know them. See if I can put some slightly diff different definitions around these roles. And come Holy Spirit, show people where you're equipping them. Could you be an apostle? Could you be a dream awakener? in the kingdom of God. Your job is to awaken people to their God-designed potential. You are instrumental in discovering, in people discovering who they really are and walking alongside them to get there. You are the entrepreneurs of the church. If the church were a mountain to be climbed, you would have dreamed up the expedition. You would be putting an expedition together. Is this you? Because Without you, people will not know what they're capable of. People won't have anyone to come alongside them to grow them. People are going to stay the same. And that mountain expedition will never get started. The church needs you to be equipped. Could you be a prophet? And I'm going to call this one a heart reader in the kingdom. Because we need heart readers to reveal the heart of God to his people. You are instrumental in hearing God's heart for the first time and showing others how they can hear God's voice as a birthright of being in the kingdom of God. And if there was a mountain expedition, you would be the one going, is that mountain? I can see it. That's the way we're going. We're going up that path. Is this you? Because without you, people don't get to hear God. People don't have the same intimacy that they could have, and people will attribute the wrong things to, to God. The church needs you to be equipped. Could you be a teacher? And we'll call this one light giver. You make the truth and the knowledge about God accessible to all. You can break confusion and misinformation. You are strategic in helping people know the truth about God and also how it applies to their own life. If there was a mountain expedition, you're kind of be like Bear grills, and you're going to be showing people survival skills on the mountain. It's like, yeah, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Here we are, let me equip you with this, and you can do that. Could this be you? Because without teachers, lies are never challenged. Challenged People can't easily apply scripture into their life. People are bored with the Bible, and they're not hungry and curious about God's word. The church needs you to be equipped. 
Could you be a pastor and a soul healer in the kingdom? Pastors or soul healers, you create an atmosphere for family and belonging. You bring fun, you bring enjoyment into God's ministry and you allow people to feel like they're part of something that's much bigger. Um, you are important in guiding people through brokenness back to wholeness and healing them from wounds that are going to keep them in a dark place. If this were a mountain expedition, the soul healers would be running around on the trek going, are you okay? Can you make the next step? How are you feeling? What's holding you back? Without you, people will remain stuck in their pain and their brokenness. People are left out and forgotten. People don't know where to turn. People are held down and not lifted up. The church needs you to be equipped. And finally, could you be a storyteller or an evangelist in the kingdom of God? Your role is to make the stories of Jesus' remarkable kingdom known to all. You are a carrier of good news and are partners with Jesus in celebrating people's transformations. You stir curiosity and desire to know Jesus and play a significant role in inviting people into the family. If there was a mountain expedition, you would be inviting everyone to come climb the mountain. Is this you? Because if we don't have you in the church, people don't get to celebrate the transformation that Jesus is doing. People are welcome to come, but they won't get invited. And people don't know how to tell their own story. And we all become stale and without enthusiasm. The church needs you. Look, if you're at all interested in finding out about those ministries, um, these come from a place called fivefoldministry.com, and I probably should have had that on a slide. Um, I did like this 45-minute survey, and uh, then it spits out some of these descriptions um, and lets you know who you are. Now, these ministry gifts, gifts, gifts are not exclusive at all. So I had strengths in three of them. Um, you may have strengths in one or more area. I, if you can guess, I probably really sucked at the ones that had to do with people. <laughs> um, look, there are a couple of things I want to clarify. These ministry gifts are not the only gifts that God equips his church with. There are more gifts. There are gifts of healing, gifts of leadership, gifts of tongues and dreams and wisdom and exhortation. However, I do think that these five-fold ministry gifts are the ones that he equips us with to move out of the playground, hey? That he is saying, if we all play in this, we'll start hearing God, seeing God, feeling God. We'll get to love him with our heart and soul and mind and love others. And I think, I think these five-fold ministry gifts are the ones that really allow us to sit in that place. Um, and just kind of like moving forward, there are some warnings and an encouragement. So I'll try and whip through the warnings because I'll do like bad news, good news first. Is that all right? Uh, no, yeah, I'll do bad news first. So warnings. The first is this, that gifts and abilities, no matter how magnificent, are either going to be limited or enhanced by your character. So gifts are to character as adornments are to a body. And what I mean by this is you can get an ugly, ugly body and no matter how many diamonds you put on it, it's still an ugly body, yeah? And without character, no matter what gifts are given to you, it's still going to not be a very nice place. And over the years, and I've been in church a very long time, 
I have seen people with great gifts crash and burn in the church and then leave this wake of scorched earth behind them because they've never allowed God to deal with their character. And you see, here at the vineyard, we've always said character before giftedness. And I think that the more that we love God with our heart and soul and mind, we start to look more like God and the fruit of the Spirit becomes evident in our life. And in Galatians 5, where it talks about the fruit that starts becoming evident, well, then we start to look like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. And we've always sought that before we start seeking gifts. There are no shortcuts to maturity. There is no magic wand that I can pray over you to turn you into a spiritual giant. Not at all. Conversely, there are those that think that the only way to maturity is the hard slog through the structure of daily discipline and Bible reading. Well, I want to propose to you that it's both. It's both prayer and a daily walk that is your process of growth. Neither is complete in itself. Christian character is a process that happens one day at a time in a life devoted to word and prayer. And additionally, I think we need to grow our spiritual acumen so we can have gifts, but if we don't know how to use them, again, what point are they? So acumen is how much a person knows how to act on what they believe and to do so at the right time in the right place with love. Um, James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. So acumen too is knowing that you have something to give away. And you do. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think on a personal level, my spiritual growth has only come out of my sacrifice. And I don't think sacrifice should be thought of in negative terms. The greatest of all of the Christian, Christian virtues is love. Um, and the purpose of the greatest sacrifice ever by the Father was to give us his Son. And then the son sacrificed and gave his life. And didn't those two sacrifices in themselves release the greatest power of all? Because when Jesus sacrificed his life, it released life over us and made a way that was accessible for all of humanity to be bundled up in Jesus and his humanity himself and to draw us back into the presence of the Father, presentable and whole again. Um, now, sacrifice is not an end to itself. We sacrifice so that we can follow God more fully. We sacrifice so we can grow his church. We sacrifice so we can bear fruit in the kingdom. And in John 15, where it talks about the fact that sometimes we need to get pruned to grow, this is it. And I don't say this lightly. I know, I know, I know, as people have sacrificed for me, my growth has come. And so a final warning, if I may, don't mistake sacrifice and acts of service as your obedience. And don't mistake it as maturity. Acts of service without intimate love for the Father will burn you out. Um, and they'll leave others taking advantage of you. And they'll leave you disillusioned. And they'll leave you resenting the church. Of course, God has called us to love him with our heart and soul and mind and love others and give sacrificially to others. But I think there's a subtle danger in service. 
And sometimes we substitute service instead of offering ourselves up to our Father. Because the order of this love God with all your heart, soul and mind and then love others is to love God with all your heart, soul and mind. And I think what falls out of this deep love of God becomes a deep love for his people. And I want to suggest that the more I have grown in love with God, the more I have wanted to say yes. The more I've wanted to say yes to loving him and loving his people and yes to, to sacrifice and service. So some words of encouragement, if I may. <laughs> Bad news, good news. Um, I want to talk about this idea of PowerPoints. Um, as a maths teacher, you know, I've said, uh, Liam just rolled his eyes at me. Um, I can say things again and again and again and again and again to kids. And then they'll go, Mrs. Young, how do you do that? You've never told me that. <laughs> but sometimes you can say something and a kid's eyes just go like this. They go, oh, aha, aha, I get it, I get it. Well, I think in my Christian walk, there have been moments where I've had these deep aha moments. And it's like where truth and love intersect. And I know, I know beyond a shadow of doubt that I'm loved by the Father. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm included in his family. I know beyond a shadow of doubt that the Holy Spirit is moving and whispering over my life. The blindness is gone, you know? They're, they're, those, they're those aha moments. I call those PowerPoints. And I think PowerPoints act like pittons in a rock face. Um, and when you are rock climbing, um, not that I've been rock climbing, um, a rock climber will put a pitten in the wall and then it means that if something goes wrong, they're never going to go down below that point. And pittons help to anchor us and for us to go, oh, I know that. But here's the thing that I think I've learned about those pittons is a rope goes through them and it goes up to the climber above and it goes down to the climber below. And I think our role on the wall is to go, here's my aha moment. I wonder if I share that 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 is going to stop somebody above me from falling down. Or I wonder if I share that, that it's going to pull the person below me up. And I want to suggest that that's how we are equipped, you know, with a rope to help people on the climb too. Um, and the final word of encouragement that I have is from Timothy. And I mean, I think the scripture's been up there for a while, so you've seen it. But this is Paul talking to Timothy, who he is developing into maturity. And he says to him, for this reason, I'm going to remind you to fan the flame. Um, the, to fan, sorry, into flame. And this is a word that I keep missing. Into flame. Fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. Fan into flame. Fan it. And I was thinking about a fan, and I was going, you know, if I had to stand and fan a spark, I'd probably get out those big bellows, and they would just release this wind or this, this breath over the spark, and they would allow that to burst into flame. And this is what Paul is saying, you know, for Timothy, as, as, as you move into maturity, fan into flame the gift that God has given to you. And so, you know, I think I want to say to you, how's the fire going? What is your flame looking like? 
because God has given each of us ministry gifts. He has to. We're a church. We're a body. The only way we're going to grow up is to do it together. So you dream awakeners, you heart readers, you light givers, you soul healers, you storytellers, how is your flame going? What does it look like? What is God equipping you for? Do you know, do you know, do you know that you have been invited to be equipped, to participate in the work of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit? You get to play, but you're going to need to be equipped to kind of move us out of the playground, hey? And I shouldn't even say this because I know Matt and Jacinda are going to listen to this, but I'm kind of glad they're away. <laughs> Here's why. I think we realize that in their absence, we, we've, we get to do this by ourselves. We don't need to rely on them for our growth at all. They are phenomenal people, and I know that their growth has come from their obedience to say yes, and they just keep saying yes. Um, and I love them to pieces, and I love them as my leaders. But can you see that we've got to do this as well? That this is our responsibility to stand up and go, yes. So I think I want to say, say yes with me. You know, as one of the people in this church, let us all be equipped. Be dreamers, soul readers, light givers. Invite people into this family because that is what we are asked to do. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Oh, Heavenly Father, we adore you. And, you know, even just... I don't know, this sermon seems to be a tip of an iceberg in all that you have for us and the way you want to move us forward. And there are so many ways that you want us to step out into saying yes for you. And Heavenly Father, we just, we raise our hands and we say yes to you once again. Father, will you fan into flame the spark that was there? Father, will you fan into flame the things that you have for us? Will you draw to the surface those areas in our life that we've been holding back from saying yes to you? Father, will you fan into flame this idea that I matter in the kingdom and that I am responsible for the growth of the person below me and I am responsible for the person in front of me for holding them in a position that we can all keep climbing that rock face? Guys, I was, um, I was just sitting quietly with God this morning and I was asking him, I was saying, God, what would you say? Like, I've got the sermon here, but what, what would you say for people? And this is how I try and hear the Word of God. I just started writing. And so this is what I was writing down that God was saying to you. He said, my heart is for people to know me more. Let them come to me. I'll show them. I'll search their hearts. 
I'll remove their doubt, their fear, their disappointments. I'll whisper to them so that they may find their home in my arms. Come, come. Come into my arms and develop intimacy. Come. Don't stay where you are. It's time to move forward. Vineyard Church, for all of us, it's time to move forward. It's time for us to grow up and become equipped. Yeah? Um, Move closer, walk towards me. So that's what, I was writing that down. And here are some other things that God was saying to me, and I, I wrote these down. It said, you are not too old to grow. All you beautiful silver foxes out there, and you are not too old. You are not too young either to have a voice. Don't stop. You have not yet reached fullness. None of you, none of us have. Here are some specific words. Andrew, this is for you, okay? Your voice hasn't stopped. Um, I've got more in the fullness of Christ for you. I've still got treasures for you to discover. And then I think um, God was telling me that you are a modern day Robin Hood. You are to steal from my treasures. And God was saying, go on, plunder. Take all my treasures and give them away because you are going to release the poor from their oppression. Yeah, you're a modern day Robin Hood. And come, come into my storehouse because there are treasures for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Fiona, you're going to kill me. This is for you, buddy. All right. Your pastor's heart, God loves it. Oh, how he loves it. Um, he sees you. He loves the way that you are facing and walking towards him. He says, I'm going to guide you and I'm going to show you the steps. Um, because you have a significant role in my family. And I think you are the person who's going to release freedom over generations. And you're going to release people from generational pain, and you are going to release babies into freedom. It is your pastor's heart that's going to care for our family. And we need you. Um, But this whole idea that you were going to reach above and below, and your family was going to be huge. Sorry, Michael. Your family's going to be big. Yeah? Um, but that woman is influential in it. Mitch, I saw you. Th- I saw you somewhere. Where are you, buddy? Are you hanging out the back now? <laughs> he's, he's, he's gone to the loo. If I do this loud enough, you'll hear me in the toilets. Hey, <laughs> Mitch, buddy, here's a word for you. It's just a real short one. You entrepreneur, entrepreneur. I don't even know how to say that. Be bold. Be bold as an apostle. There's something new. You're the one that's going to see it. Yeah? Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. Hey, who knows, who knows, who knows, who knows, who knows that God is going, I want to breathe over you. I want to breathe into you. It is my breath that is going to bring that fan, uh, that, that spark into flame. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows that God's saying something? You do. You know that God is saying, I have a fan for you, hey. That it's His Holy Spirit that wants to breathe over you today. Yeah? Let's pray. Oh, Holy Spirit. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come to you into your presence and we go, yes. It's as simple as that. Yes, we're available. Yes, we're available to grow up. Yes, we're available to be equipped. Yes, I want to dig into you because I know you have put a spark there. Come, Holy Spirit. Come be present. Come examine our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Amen.